Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to the Campus to Campus podcast. We are back, baby. It is college football time, and we are here to bring you everything you need to know from a CFS standpoint. So just to clear a couple things up for the people that were wondering out there, episodes have been pretty slow. Some stuff happened, like, you know, the, the breakdown sports, uh, un, un, unfortunately, has kind of shut its doors. So we are taking this podcast independent, and we are looking forward to just kind of coming at you guys off the cuff and just kind of letting you know, letting you know our thoughts on the CFF world and, and all that good stuff. But before we get started, let me bring in my co-host real quick, J.D. What's going on, brother? Yeah, not a whole lot. Uh, college football is underway. I'm, I'm really excited to do this. Uh, like you mentioned, we're, we're taking it solo. This is our first solo pod. So I, I know we put some stuff out on Twitter uh, saying that's what we'd be doing. But, uh, you know, we just haven't gotten to it. It's, it's been a lot. Uh, it's been a lot of planning. Uh, this is our first trial run, taking it solo. We really do want to keep uh, recording this podcast because I think we have a good thing going uh, and keep talking about some college fantasy football. So it's a little bit of a rebrand. Um, you know, we might have some more rebranding coming. we got a logo incoming, uh, possibly a name change. Uh, name change. So basically a lot going on, but I'm really excited to get started. For sure. And saying kind of to echo what you what you got there, we've, uh, we've noticed over the past couple months we've really been – uh, just confused with campus and campus to Canton podcast, which is a totally different form of what we are, what we are doing. You know, we are more of a CFF only. Well, going, starting from, from this moment forward, we will essentially be a CFF college fantasy football only podcast, maybe a little bit of gambling in there, but mostly it's just recaps. Uh, what it's lo- looking like for the, the upcoming week and some, uh, some, some daily fantasy stuff. And, uh, JD's right on, right on the money. We're going to get a different logo. We're po- possibly going to do a little bit of renaming the show to kind of help uh, separate us from the campus to Canton, uh, you know, arena, because that, that's a, that's a growing, that's a growing side of fantasy. A lot of people are hopping in there. So we want to try to make it a little bit more clear for everybody and we'll go from there. But, uh, but yeah, so for the plan for the season, you know, it's going to be a weekly college fantasy football show. We're going to uh, we're going to come at you every Sunday night as long as we can help it, and uh, recap the previous week. You know, some waiver wire pickups, streaming options, high over and under games, that kind of stuff. Also, JD's weekly DFS previews will be posted under the same name. Uh, it'll be a second episode of the show every week, so keep an eye out for that, and uh, he'll review the main slate once a week. So, J.D., won't you kind of let some folks know what your thoughts are there and how that show is going to go? Yeah, so I'm excited to do that. Uh, I've been doing, uh, you know, just posting it on YouTube, my weekly DFS breakdown, uh, and we have this weekly podcast where we're talking about college fantasy football, mostly season long, right? So I figured why not just bring it all into the one umbrella since we're going solo. Uh, we're doing what we want, right? And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. Uh, it's going to... The goal is to kind of be a one-stop shop uh, 
for everything CFF. So right now we got the DFS show coming and we're going to have a weekly season long. Um, and, and that's just the start, right? So I'm really excited. Yeah. So th- things are looking like they're going to be improving in a big way, not necessarily from a, uh, from a website standpoint. We, we may not do that in the short term, but we're going to, we're going to come at you with strictly fantasy football talk, which is what me and JD both are the most passionate about in the college football world. You know, college football just isn't the same without fantasy. I kind of took the year off last year and it was lame. Uh, nothing really to pull for on the weekends. You know, my team sucks, all that is going on. So it was a slow go last year. But, uh, but JD, unless you have anything else, man, we're going to roll into the week zero recap. Yeah, let's get started. All right. So we had a handful of games. None of them are really top notch games. You know, you had Illinois, Nebraska, you had Fresno, UConn, UCLA, Hawaii, and uh, UTEP, uh, New Mexico State. And then uh, San Jose and Southern Utah. So nothing really blew your socks off. So we'll just kind of run down the game as they as they aired. Uh, Illinois beats Nebraska 30-22. Really the only bright spot for Nebraska in any way was Martinez did have a great fantasy game. And Oliver Martin uh, pulled in six catches for, for 103 yards and a touchdown. Uh, now that's on the Nebraska side. On the uh, on the Illinois side, uh, welcome back, Arthur Sitkowski. Uh, one of the worst uh, Division One quarterbacks last year threw for oh, I can't remember how many yards. No, it was touchdowns and twenty interceptions last season. So yeah. he comes in and actually plays respectable. Twelve for 15, 124 yards, two touchdowns. Brandon Peters leaves on like the second or third drive of the game. Looked like a collarbone at you know as soon as I saw it, but I didn't actually hear anything official. JD, have you heard that? What actually happened to Brandon Peters? No, I haven't gotten an update, but I think we can assume he's going to be out for a while. Yeah, yeah, he, 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 as soon as he hit the ground, he went up underneath that shoulder pad, kind of that collarbone shoulder area. So, especially for a quarterback, that's not really what you want to see, even if it's not in his throwing arm. It's a lot of, uh, a lot of wear and tear going on out there. So, uh, Arthur Sitkowski, uh, starting quarterback for the, for Illinois at this point, And I will be hammering the under in all of their games going forward because I can't. I can't. Uh, I can't imagine he plays very well. So, uh, what's your thoughts on the Nebraska Illinois game? Yeah, I mean, I guess we won't get too far into the Scott Frost thing, but uh, I mean, really, he could be fired after this game, and I don't think anybody would be. Upset it's starting to look gross, isn't it? Yeah, it, it's it's as bad as it could possibly get. I mean, that was that was awful. Um, but no, I don't have much of a takeaway. Like you said, Illinois is going to be kind of a dumpster fire. Uh, my main takeaway for them was uh, Isaiah Williams, former quarterback moved to wide receiver, and I thought he looked fantastic in his first game out there. He actually had eight targets, uh, got some jet sweeps. Uh, I, I think he is uh, pretty clearly their best offensive talent. Um, I don't know how it's going to look with Sikowski, but I think they've made it clear they're going to get him the ball a lot, so I'm a little bit interested with him. And then, like you mentioned, Oliver Martin for Nebraska, he actually had the most targets of any wide receiver in week one with 10. Uh, I think that came a little bit out of nowhere, so I'm not fully jumping on the bandwagon, but those are the two guys I would monitor. Yeah, there's not a whole lot to choose from from the week zero guys, but that's if, if you're in a spot and you need to pick a wide receiver up for some depth, that's definitely a spot you can look at. All right, next up we got Fresno State versus UConn, an absolute beatdown, which nobody thought anything different. Uh, Fresno State wins 45 to nothing. Uh, the, the, the big three, you know, uh, highly drafted Fresno State offensive weapons, Jay Kaner, Ronnie Rivers, and Jalen Cropper all had really good games, kind of what you expected against a team like UConn, Hayner with 330 and three, uh, Rivers with 58 rushing yards, 66 receiving yards and a touchdown. That's kind of par for the course for him as well. 
And then Jalen Cropper had three catches in on and, and scored an 86-yard touchdown on a couple broken tackles and took it to the house. So uh, absolutely nothing to talk about on the UConn side of the ball. JD, do you want to cover anything else over on those guys and, and hit on anybody else? I just want to say I'm a huge Fresno State guy for fantasy this year. Uh, I think they're going to absolutely go off. I mean, you could say it's UConn, and of course it is UConn, but I think they showed enough last year. Big fan of their coach, Kalen DeBoer. He, he's an offensive-minded guy. Uh, I, I'm a really big fan. You know, I do think one of my takeaways is that there's going to be room behind Cropper for a second wide receiver to emerge, and there was not anybody highly drafted. So the guy I really liked, I thought it looked like their second guy, their wide receiver two this year, I think it's going to be Josh Kelly. Um you know, he was not a highly drafted guy, but he did start. He looked very good. He had a long touchdown, actually called back. Uh, Ronnie Rivers had a, had a block in the back or offensive PI. He was, it was a pick play. Um, but I think Josh Kelly is a guy I'm, I'm pretty interested in. Other than that, they're going to rotate a lot of their wide receivers, but there's going to be two or three guys that are interested. Uh, Ty Jones, a Washington transfer. He didn't look fully healthy. He, he looked a little gimpy, um, but he has that connection with Painter. They're both Washington transfers. He caught a touchdown in this one. Uh, but like I said, didn't look like he's fully up to speed. I think if he is fully up to speed, I mean, he has 10 touchdown upside. So I'm really going to be monitoring these guys. I think they're going to go off. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, you and I both are pretty high on the Fresno State offense. I've drafted Rivers and Cropper in, in on a ton of different teams. I've probably got 10 or 12 teams so far in, in college fantasy this year. So I've got them in a lot of spots, especially where they were going at. You know, they can be your wide receiver two or sometimes even three. Rivers is usually going to be your running back two if you go running back early. So, I mean, those these are guys that you – that you kind of got at, at, at a not necessarily a discount, especially at Rivers, but you know if he can if he can consistently put up a hundred total yards and a touchdown every week, you're going to be usually pretty happy because he's going to have some of those big plays, you know, like the 66 yard touchdown pass that he that he took to the house. So, so uh, all right, so and and on UConn side of the ball, man, it's uh it's rough, it's rough out there. So we're going to move on so we don't make fun of him and and uh, hurt our buddy John Live's feelings too much. So we're going mm-hmm. so moving on to UCLA and Hawaii. So UCLA and Hawaii, that was the game I was looking to watch the most. Seemed like it would have the most fireworks and have a little bit of offensive firepower and fun to watch. It was it was that on one side of the ball. Uh, UCLA dominates, I think it was, what, 44 to 10? Yeah. Is that what it was, 44 to 10? Yeah. I didn't write that score down. Yeah, so 44 to 10. Hawaii looks absolutely terrible on both sides of the ball. They don't they, – they're not tackling well. The offense looked like absolute trash out there. Uh, Turner had zero carries. Uh, the, the starting running back, you know, draft, uh, drafted in the mid-rounds of CFF draft, but he did have five catches for 50 yards. And that's kind of what you're looking like with Turner anyway. Any of the carries that he gets are going to be kind of a little bit of a bonus, but you would expect more than zero. Um, DTR played pretty mediocre, uh, but they didn't really need to really, really need him to play uh, – play up at all. I mean, they absolutely dominate on the ground. Zarb- Zach Sarbonet comes in with six carries for a buck six and three touchdowns. And then Britton Brown, the the really the carry leader for the team, 13 for 78 and one. So going forward, JD, especially with this uh UCLA backfield, what are you looking at and what do you think once they start playing a little better competition that they're going to be looking to do with their carries? You think that this the carry split will be the same? And you can't you can't bank on 106 and three every week. So what do you see going forward out of those guys? Yeah, so I'm going to be perfectly honest. So I'm a guy who owns uh, Britton Brown in pretty much every season season long uh, league I'm in, and I'm definitely nervous. You know, he he did he did out touch Charbonnet. Uh, he had twice the touches, and Britton Brown looked really good himself. But um, 
I mean, man, and there still is the thing with Charbonnet. Like we all know he's a home run threat. If he gets, if he gets those holes, they're not always going to yeah. get those holes when they're not playing white. That being yeah. said, <laughs> I mean, Charbonnet did, like, he still looked a lot better than Brandon Brown. I am, I am very nervous. I think, um, I think at worst it's going to be a 50 50 split. I still think Britton Brown's going to be getting the first carry. Uh, you know, he's a big dude where Charbonnet is more of a home run guy and uh, Chip Kelly, you know, with the, with the pace they like to play at, he likes to rotate backs. He's, he's going to try to keep the defense on the field. If he sees an advantage. Um, I know Kevin, I don't, do you remember when we were recording our, uh, we were talking about the PAC 12 odds and I, I was I was hinting at a UCLA long shot. You did. Ticket. You did. I mean, I don't think it really was a hint. I think you like you were grossed out by it and then actually said it out loud. Right. And we all made fun of you. Even right. you made fun of you after that. But I mean, they look they did look really good. Now I get they're playing Hawaii, but that's what you that's what you expect to have a good team do to yeah. a team that's in the group of five. You expect that forty five to ten, that forty to. 40 to 17 kind of blowout win. So, I mean, UCLA, they did what they were supposed to do. So I'm not going to hate on them. I'm not going to, I'm not going to discount it just because it was Hawaii because Hawaii's played, played with the teams, a bunch of teams over the years. So I'm not going to discount it one bit. Yeah, and here's the thing, Kevin. I, uh, I'm i not going to pretend like I'm going to take a victory lap because they beat Hawaii. But what you just said is they took care of business. business. And that's actually – the thing is, under Chip Kelly, they have not taken care of business under Chip Kelly. They were actually 0-6 in the non-conference under Chip Kelly. They were 0-4 against group of five teams. They got beat by guys like San Diego State. So, no, I think this is a sign. We know Chip Kelly wants to run the shit out of the ball. He's got two very good backs. He's got a dual-threat quarterback. Uh, and finally, their offensive line is improving. So, no, I think I think they're going to put up some numbers on the ground. I do think this is going to continue. Obviously, maybe not to this extent, um, but I'm very excited to watch this game against UCLA this weekend. Yeah, and 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 before we move on, uh, just from from now on, if you're going to say business, it should always be pronounced business, like That's you did correct. right there on, on accident, <laughs> and then caught yourself, and it was great. You should have absolutely left that the way it was because they they gave Hawaii the business. They did. They, they they got all over them. It was. I, I mean, I was impressed. I, I really was. I know it's Hawaii, but I'm looking forward to what they do against LSU next week, big time, to see if they can move the ball anywhere close to what they did this past weekend. Right. All right, next up we got UTEP in uh, New Mexico State. Not a lot to talk about here no. uh, outside of Jacob Cowing. I think that's how I'm going to pronounce his name, Cowing. Uh, he went yeah. five for 158 and one. Uh, you know, he's probably sitting out on the waiver wire in a lot of, in a lot of home leagues. And there's a couple of dart throws that you threw at the end of the draft that you didn't really like that much anyway. And this guy's out there actually on the field out there doing it. You know, he, 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 uh, there was, there was only what? There was only nine, nine or nine or 10 completions on that side, and he had five of them. So, I mean, he, they're definitely looking at him first. Doesn't mean he's going to go for five for a buck 58 and one, but let's, let's face it, it's UTEP. There's not a whole lot going on out there, uh, from a strength of schedule standpoint. So shoot your shot. You know, I, I've actually picked him up in two leagues already, you know, a little, uh, little loophole with uh with fan tracks the week zero players they don't uh they don't they don't go on the waiver wire like mm -hmm. everybody else does so you can kind of scoop them up and that's actually what i'm doing right now <laughs> while i'm thinking about it with you <laughs> uh yeah i thought cowling was good my only other takeaway from utep uh Deion hankins they're running back many guys many people were expecting a big year he was drafted in some leagues he did leave the game uh looks like it was an injury who knows if that's because they were just blowing the brakes off in New Mexico State. I think that's probably likely. Uh, but that is something to monitor because if he's out, 
Uh, they played Bethune Cookman in week one. So yeah. if you need a spark starter and you're not sure about Hankins, uh, maybe look at their backup, uh, Ronald A. Watt. He looked uh, really good at 11 carries, 74 yards, and one touchdown. Granted, that was against New Mexico State. So that's something to monitor uh, is his status. But we got to keep in mind, we're talking about New Mexico State. This is also UTEP. If we were talking about a team kicking the shit out of UTEP the way that UTEP kicked the shit out of New Mexico State, we'd say, yeah, but it was UTEP. So, I mean, these t- these two teams are both kind of bottom-of-the-barrel teams, you know, and in, in really small conferences, not a lot of recruitment going on. And again, UTEP handled their business. They, 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 they got after New Mexico State, and New Mexico State looks like – I mean, typically they're a team that throws the ball a lot, a lot of volume. You can typically get one or two people, you know, hit a couple games a year on them. But that's, uh, that's looking like a rough go out there for New Mexico State this year. All right, so next up we got San Jose State versus Southern Utah Thunderbirds. Uh, San Jose takes care of business and wins this game pretty handily. Nick Starkle plays great. 394, four touchdowns. Uh, Nevin Stevens just shy of 100 yards and a rushing touchdown. They spread the ball out to a lot of receivers, though. 16 total completions to nine different receivers. So nobody really but, – but then again, nobody really played that much. You know, I'm, I'm sure they were pulling and kind of rotating in second and third strangers throughout that game. So, uh, so what's your take on San Jose State chucking the ball around on somebody and, uh, and looking like they may have a pretty decent offense to watch this year? Yeah, not much of a takeaway other than, I mean, they're going to be good again, right? Last year they won uh, their first seven games. It was, it was the yep. first time they'd done that since, like, 1929. Uh, it, was, it was the first time they'd beaten Boise State in something like 30 years um, on their way to winning the Mountain West. And, uh, Grant, it was against the 1-5 FCS team. I don't think we learned a lot, but, I mean, their offense is going to be good again. And, and like you said, they're going to have some weapons. It was really unsure who their weapons were going to be because they lost two big-time wide receivers uh, and there's a big goal to fill there because Starkville's going to throw for a lot of yards this year, right? Um, I, I think it's kind of a – I think it's a two-way tie at the top. I think Jermaine Braddock looked really good. He would actually be my guest to finish as their wide receiver one this year, and I think he's available on a ton of, of waiver wires. So Braddock's a guy I'm looking at. Uh, Isaiah Hamilton was drafted pretty much everywhere. I think he he, he also looked pretty good. But, uh, you know, not a lot of guys aren't Braddock. Other than that, Charles Ross looks like their, their third guy, and I had never even heard of him. He's a Nevada transfer. He's another guy I'm monitoring. It looks like these guys are going to be competing for targets. Keep your eye up. Uh, if you have a roster spot you that's open, I would say add Braddock. And it's it's a lot of targets. You know, I mean, they 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 run a lot of plays. They throw the ball around a whole bunch. I mean, obviously, yep. 394 yards and four. That's kind of not necessarily par for the course for them. But, I mean, there was – Starkle was a startable fantasy quarterback. Uh a couple he's good. Times. Yeah, I mean, he's he's good. I mean, he was a highly recruited kid. Went to went to a couple of different schools. Yeah, didn't work his out. Six, but, his sixth yeah. year in college, man. I mean, that's a big advantage. We talked yeah. about that before. If this is your sixth year on campus, and you used to play at Texas A and M, you play at Arkansas, and now you're playing against a one and five FCS team. I mean, it's pretty easy yeah, pickings I mean, in college fantasy football. Like, just, just play that guy. Yeah, I mean, he he should be he should be a three hundred and three kind of quarterback every week. So. He'll be a he'll be a great spot start whenever your more upside quarterbacks are on bye weeks or hurt. That's exactly what that's going to end up being. But all right, so moving forward, so JD, let us know what you got about prospects up here, man. Yeah, so uh, super excited to announce we do have a, a promotion for this code. Uh, we got we got a new partner here um, supporting what I do here, uh, supporting what me and Kevin are doing. Uh, hopefully we'll add a segment to the show eventually where we go over some prize picks. But as of right now, for Sunday, there aren't a whole lot available. Um, but anyway, so Prize Picks, new sponsor of the show. Um, basically, if you're not familiar with Prize Picks, 
uh, it, it's pretty cool. You can do multi, it's multi, multi-entry uh, and you're playing just simply against the projection. So it's not like DFS where you're entering into a pool. Uh, it's simply you against the projection. So you can do fantasy points. Uh, you can do over under on single stats. So like rushing yards, like Dwayne McBride for UAB is listed at about 84 and a half rushing yards against an FCS team. I do kind of like that over, for example. Um, and yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, if you sign up, you get a hundred dollar deposit match or up to a hundred dollars deposit match. So you get a hundred, hundred percent match. Uh, and it's only one-time rollover. So you can sign up and get a hundred dollar free roll if you wanted to. Um, they had a promo tonight for the Jake Paul fight, which I, I feel ashamed to be mentioned on this podcast. Oh, I can't it, believe you said that out loud. <laughs> but, right. But we'll, we'll end it there, but <laughs> <laughs> they had, they had a free promo. So it, it's pretty cool. Really excited. That promo code is Yonke. That's Y O N K E all caps. Uh, and like I said, it's, it's a pretty cool thing. And we're really excited to have them on. All right, moving on into the week one preview. We got a lot of games this week. It is time to get started up with the real college football season. But keep in mind, folks, college football does not just play on Saturday this week. Uh, UAB plays on Wednesday. Then we got about 16 games on Thursday, a handful on Friday, and the rest Saturday, okay? So make sure that you're looking at your lineups early. Make sure that if you want to play your UAB players, they are in your lineup. If you don't want to play them, get them out of your lineup because uh, it sucks whenever you roll in, you know, Friday afternoon, going to set all your lineups and you realize you had three games play that you didn't pay attention to because you forgot you drafted these guys in one of your 10 leagues. So it's going to happen eventually. So just uh, take your time, sit down, figure out your lineups on Tuesday night or Wednesday during the daytime before the nights kick off. All right, so so JD, so so I'm gonna kind of kick it to you on these right here. We're gonna uh, we're gonna open up with games that have an over uh, over and under of 60. We're gonna talk about every one of those from from every day. Uh, kind of, I mean, that's that's where you want to live at for fantasy football. That's one of the biggest indicators for me on teams that I'm looking to stream options off of, or if it's a if there's a game with a 48% or 48 point over and under, and I'm trying to decide between a wide receiver in a 48 point over and under and a 65 point over and under. That's a, usually a pretty good, pretty big tiebreaker for me. So starting out, we have the Thursday games. Uh, let's see, it's UCF versus Boise State over and under 68 and a half. UCF is favored by five. So what's your thoughts on this game, JD? Yeah, um, obviously you're going to want some uh, exposure to this one. I think the, the thing we're all going to be looking for, right, Kevin, is how does uh, the Gus Malzahn offense look uh, in the bounce house. How does it look at UCF? 100%. Um, because UCF's offense has been an absolute gold mine for fantasy. It'll probably be pretty damn good this year too, right? But we don't know for certain that the usage is going to be like we saw under Hypo, where it's just easy yep. money because they're running a million plays <laughs> and they have a talent advantage over their competition. So now they have a talent advantage, but the offense is going to look a little different. We don't know what exactly the pace they're going to play at is. So um, that's the number one thing I'm going to be watching for. Other than that, I want to see the, which wide receivers step up, man. These guys have always had uh, tier 1A fantasy wide receivers, Marlon Williams being the most recent one last year. So yep. all eyes are on Jalen Robinson this year, Oklahoma transfer who had a good year last year, 900 yards. Um, but it's not for certain, right? Is it going to be him? Is it going to be Ryan O'Keefe? They have about five transfers behind them, including Brandon Johnson from Tennessee, uh, Jordan Johnson from Notre Dame. Uh, just to name a few. So 
uh, yeah, I, I'm really excited to watch this game. What, what are your thoughts, Kevin? Yeah, same, same exact thing. You know, Malzahn coming in, it's not like Malzahn has had bad offenses uh, for his entire career. We, I, and me personally, I think it's just more he just started a bad quarterback for the past couple for the past couple years of his career. Um, it's just how much of the RPO do they actually run? That, that's really what it boils down for me. How, are they going to try to have get Dylan Gabriel kind of try to run – run the ball in those RPOs, you know, 10 to 12 times a game, or are they going to let him sit back there and spin that thing like like we all know he can do? There's not a lot of quarterbacks in Division One, in Group of Five or Power Five that, that have the ability to hit a 600-yard game. Dylan Gabriel did that last year. You know, he's got that kind of upside, but – if they kind of put the put the reins on him and they don't push the ball down the field like he has been, then it's then it's a it's a it's a major problem for him, you know, because Dylan Gabriel's not going to be the guy that's going to run for 125 and two a week. He's not he's not that kind of quarterback, you know. He's got some mobility to him and he can move, but it's more the moving to extend the play and not the moving to to rip off a 55 yard scramble, right? So I got the same concerns you do, and I'm interested to see if they'll let him air it out like he has been, or if he's going to try to, to force him into being this, this halfway mobile RPO kind of quarterback, which, I mean, it seems like he did that with uh, uh, Bo Nix, you know, this past year. Bo Nix never kind of lived up to the hype. So is it going to follow him down there? Is he going to ruin Dylan Gabriel or make him an NFL draft pick? That's kind of it's – all, it's all – you may as well flip a coin for me. All these, all the new coaches, staff, have a lot of transfers coming in. Who really knows? It's nice to have a, an idea, but nobody really knows until they hit the field next week. Yeah. Um, and just a quick note. Um, so basically, how we're doing this segment? Because again, new, uh, new style of the show. Any of these games we're mentioning, they have that high over under. This means we're looking at pretty much all the top players. So we're not going to sit yeah. there and name. Uh, you know, Dylan Gabriel is a great play this week. George Lamani is a great play. If you drafted these guys, you already know who the top guys are, right? We'll mention a few that we're looking forward to, but it's mainly, right, it's on the edges where you, mostly where you win fantasy leagues. The draft's already done. It's going to be what should you watch for? What are some players, like guys like Ryan O'Keefe? Maybe throw them into a lineup if you have a spot. Uh, and more like what can you look for, right? So we're more looking at deeper level stuff. If we mention a, a game in here, then the top players are obviously going to be all on the table. Yeah, for sure. And, and I guess to piggyback off of that, it's more for, for me – if you're looking on a tiebreaker on whether you're going to start player A or player B, or maybe you need to pick up player A or B off the waiver wire for a weekly start because you're in the you're you got bye weeks. I mean, hell, I've got bye weeks in week one just the same. You know, Devonta Price isn't even playing this week, so I mean, it's it's one of those things. That this should help you decide between a tiebreaker or. Maybe you just didn't pay attention to looking at the odds and you didn't see that Ohio State and Minnesota was a 66 over and under. Well, maybe I should look at the Minnesota team a little bit closer because there could be some garbage time points in there if Vegas thinks it's going to get that high. So, for me, right. it's more of a tie-breaking, deciding factor kind of thing. Everybody knows that George Helani and, and, uh, and Dylan Gabriel, you're rolling them out. I mean, you drafted them to play them week one. You didn't draft them just for, you know, shits and gigs. So we're not we're not coming at you telling you to start your Dylan Gabriel uh, shares. We're talking about hey, look, this game is a big game. We don't know who the wide receiver is, or the second wide receiver is for UCF. You need to start taking a look. You know, maybe go ahead and add one or two of them to your bench if you got a couple players you can drop, just to see who pops. If you add them now, you don't have to fight with the league next week to add them. 
absolutely. All right, moving on. Another game on Thursday. We got Ohio State minus 13 and a half versus Minnesota. That over and under is 66. That just happened to be the next one on the list of why I used it as a uh, as an example back then. But CJ Stroud gets the gets the look. How's this gonna how's this offense gonna look? We've we've been awful awfully spooled with Justin Fields under center at Ohio State. So let's see how the new guy's gonna be and and who in the hell is going to be the starting running back for him? So, J.D., yeah. just do you have any sort of beat on it? Because I sure don't. I've tried to pick up as many as I can, just try to, to hold them until after the week. But I, I've got really no clue out of camp who's going to end up being the first running back on the field. So, it's a bit of a mess. I, I would guess that Mayan Williams gets the first carry, which is a little bit of an upset, but just going by some of the quotes lately – uh, and that, that's my main takeaway is to see how the usage usage is. This is a big 10 game. They're not starting off with a Bethune yep. Cookman or a Southern Utah. They're, they're playing Minnesota. Uh, they're not even two full touchdown favorites that minus 13 and a half right now. Right. So I think we should actually see what the usage is. So I think Mayan Williams, I would guess would get the most carries. That's not a strong read at all. Uh, I, I would think master Teague is going to get the short yardage and goal line looks, and he's definitely going to get a little bit more than that. Right. Um, I I think master, I think he might be like listed if there were gambling odds. I think he'd probably be listed as the favorite to get the most carries this week, but it would not be a very strong one. Yeah. This, this, this one has the smell of a three, uh, three headed backfield, like crazy. Ohio state's usually pretty good about not doing that kind of stuff. Uh, at the very most, they would split it between two. And if they can get it down to, to one, then that guy's a superstar. I, I, this, think, this, I think I think the superstar like might three. be there, right? I, I think the kind of the reports that's scaring scaring me is that the Travion. Uh, yeah, like Henderson. he's the man. You know, yeah. The, what what kind of throws me off is the fact that Travion Henderson, all through the summer, was was talked as if he was going to be able to take that job from Master Teague. That was kind of the talk through you know spring practices and camps and blah blah blah. And now all of a sudden we got Mayan Williams here, uh, probably about to be the starter with Master Teague running behind him, and then Trevion Henderson, where, where, where's his 10 to 12 carries a game coming? Well, they're going to come out of Master Teague and uh, Williams' hands, right? So it's it's going to make it hard to, to really be able to tell who you can start and who you can't. Uh, at this point, we're hoping for a monster game from one of the three that kind of puts them in the lead and gives them the, the lion's share of the carries and the other guys kind of competing for the backups. But – like you said, I mean, it's against Minnesota. It's not some pushover game. We should be able to see a full game worth of usage and how they're going to split them out, especially in the first two and three quarters. So it's going to be an important game to watch if you got Ohio State running back shares. Yeah, and I think uh, I don't have a ton of shares, but I do have some uh, just because, you know, like some guys, like even Master Teague, I mean, what if what if he gets 15 touchdowns this year? Nobody would be surprised, right? It's Ohio State. Nope. Um, so, I, but I actually think any shares I have, I'm actually leaving them on the bench wherever possible, unless it's a deeper league. Uh, just sit back and see what the usage is. Just play it safe. And same thing, and and kind of the same thing for Minnesota. We want to see what the usage is for Muhammad Ibrahim. Everybody's going to start him this week. You you must have crazy, crazy running backs if you're not going to play Muhammad Ibrahim against Ohio State this week. But either way, who's the second receiver going to be for, for Minnesota? Oh. Who's really going to be the second receiver? I know there's been some talk 
So yep. JD, you sounded like you wanted to hit on something there, so I'll throw it to you. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm glad you mentioned it. So we'll talk about the CFF Kings Classic League uh, later on. We're going to make it a weekly segment where we kind of mention our matchups and what's going on. Uh, basically, if you don't know what the CFF Kings Classic is, now's a good time to go over it. Uh, our buddy John Lobb over at Fantrax organized this great league. Uh, we all just drafted a couple weeks ago. We all flew into Canton, Ohio, or drove in some of us to Canton, Ohio. Yeah. Um, we, we drafted live. Um, some of us weren't able to make it right. We were drafting virtually, uh, but uh, oh man, that was the worst case of <laughs> worst case of FOMO in my entire life, man. I hated being at home for that. <laughs> it was awesome. It was awesome. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm so let down that I wasn't there. <laughs> yeah, but but it was great. So we we drafted. Um, we're really trying to make uh, college fantasy football more of a thing, right? That's why we're doing this podcast. We love it. If you're listening, you probably love it. Um, but it's just not totally out there like uh, NFL fantasy is. So anyway, this is a league with a lot of industry guys, uh, some industry experts. If it, you know, if we're actually going to use that term on us, I don't, I don't know how I feel about being. I'll, I'll let you, I'll, I'll <laughs> let you use it for other people, but you can just call right. me a CFF enthusiast. <laughs> there we go. Enthusiasts like me and Kevin. So we're going to be recapping this. Anyway, how I got started on that rant. I actually drafted uh, in the last round, uh, or maybe it's the second to last round wide receiver for Minnesota, who was a freshman last year, uh, Daniel Jackson looked really good. Uh, and here's the thing. I drafted him because Chris Ottman bell had a knee injury in practice. Now the reports are that it's not as bad as initially thought he might actually play in this game, but the quotes to me are still a little concerning while it's positive news. They said he's like running. Um, when you're playing a team like Ohio state and you're able to run, not even a, a total report, he's running hundred mm-hmm. percent. Um, the Minnesota wide receiver one has been peppered and peppered and peppered with targets, right? We've seen this for years, for years. So in my opinion, Daniel Jackson's talented enough. He could be that guy. So he's the guy I'm looking to. If, um, if Ottman Bell is out, I'm going to play some Jackson. I'm going to play him in DFS as well. Uh, I do, am I going to play it super confidently? Not exactly. Ohio State's secondary was absolutely off last year, but we all expect that to improve, right? Like they, they get a lot of talent back. There were some opt-outs. It was a weird year. Um, but still, it's not exactly the strongest unit on the team, I think we can all agree on. So Daniel Jackson's what I'm looking at. Daniel Jackson, folks pay attention, especially you DFS players out there. All right, on Friday, we've got North Carolina is a five-point favorite over Virginia Tech. The over and under is 64. So, North Carolina, ton of new weapons. So, who's going to be your go-to guys? There's, you know, 2,500 rushing yards vacated. There's a ton of receiving yards vacated. Uh, almost nobody outside of Josh Downs that you even recognize, right? So, so J.D., who are some of the other players in this game outside of the Downs, the Ty Chandlers, those kind of guys that, that are clear starters? Who are some other guys that you're looking at to kind of plug in you know, from either a DFS standpoint or maybe you're just, you know, you got hit with a with a crappy bye week or you have a, a, somebody with a little red flag next to them and you're looking to start somebody else. Yeah, so here's the thing. With wide receivers, there's going to be room for a wide receiver to step up. At least one is going to step up. And the thing is, Kevin, I wish I had a better read on it. I really tried I'm, that's, I, I'm I tried dumping. to. That's why, that's <laughs> I, why I, I couldn't kick, find it either. <laughs> that's why I kicked it to you and didn't want right. to – and kind of pawned it off on you. <laughs> um. I think if I had to guess, I, I would guess with Coffrey Brown, Deami Brown's younger brother, obviously Deami Brown went off last year and is now playing with the Washington Redskins. Um, 
Coffrey Brown looked legit last year, man. He would just like take a slant route and he would take it 60 yards. It was hardly ever on the field. And you'd be like, holy shit, who's this guy? Oh, Brown, that's Deami, right? No, it's not. It's his younger brother, right? Barely got on the field, but looked fantastic. So I think the uh, explosiveness that he showed plays very, very well in this explosive offense. Um, so he's one I'll be monitoring. I don't know if I'd have the confidence to play him. Um, other than that, guy I'm really monitoring and a guy I think might even be overlooked because I haven't really seen him owned on any like standard leagues. And that's their second running back, Caleb Hood, uh, a younger guy. I think he's a second year freshman. Forgive me if I had that wrong. The eligibility is all jacked up in college football. So I'm going to get that wrong all year long. I don't know know what school you're anybody's in right now. (laughs) Oh, it's a mess. It's a mess. Um, Anyway, Caleb Hood, I mean, this guy's, this guy's pretty damn good. Uh, we've seen them have multiple running backs be successful. Uh, Ty Chandler transferred from Tennessee. That's what everyone expects to be the guy. And I'm pretty high on him as well, but you know, never really sees that job at Tennessee either. Right. Eric Gray was always more impressive behind him uh, or even in front of him. So yeah. I would not be shocked if like, if you were to say what's a random guy, nobody's talking about right now that gets 10, 10 touchdowns in a thousand yards this year. I mean, Caleb Hood in that offense, if, if he's the guy, um, I mean, they had like two running backs almost do that last year, right? So he's one I'm interested. In. I'm not saying he's going to do that, but I, I have a feeling he has a chance. Yeah, and that's that's the greatest thing about college fantasy football. The fact is, is you know, information is a lot more is a lot harder to find. So that they, these first two weeks of the season are massive when it comes to pickups. We have so many breakout superstars every single year. I would probably say you probably have four or five wide receivers that are bona fide superstars in college that half the people aren't even talking about going into the season because there's so little information on these guys. So whenever we're talking about Caleb Hood, North Carolina has 2,500 rushing yards vacated. Tyler Ch- Ty Chandler is not going to rush for 2,500 yards. There's going to be a lot of room and a lot of uh, a lot of yardage to kind of be split up and, and, and divided amongst a couple of guys. So, I mean, take your shots. Don't be afraid to kind of get a little dicey, a little gambly in your drafts and especially on the waiver wire in those first couple of weeks, because there's a chance that you're going to pick up somebody like a Josh Adams off the waiver wire or an Omar Bayless off the waiver wire from Arkansas State. You know, the year that Omar Bayless went off for, I don't know, 20 something touchdowns seems like. He wasn't drafted in any of the leagues that I participated in, right? So he was a little bit under the radar. There's going to be a lot of guys like that moving forward. So these first two weeks are massive to be paying attention to. Uh, all right, so that's it for for Friday. Anything on the Virginia Tech side of the ball that you're interested in or that you're keeping an eye on? Nothing I'm going to play, but I am going to keep an eye on. And, I, I, again, I feel ridiculous for saying this, but I also felt ridiculous for saying <laughs> UCLA a couple of months ago, right? Um Braxton Burmeester, the quarterback for Virginia Tech. Um, so here's the thing with Burmeester. You saw him play last year. Kid didn't exactly look like he belonged in a Power 5 conference playing, playing quarterback. <laughs> that being said, offseason rolls along. Uh, everybody totally forgets about him. Nobody's drafting him anywhere, not even in deep leagues. And then these quotes start coming out, right? He, he's the second best athlete on the team. Man, this guy's whooping everybody's ass in, in wind sprints. Man, this guy's serious. This guy would have been the starter last year if he uh, didn't get hurt before the season, right? They had him, Hendon Hooker, uh, yep. and I think Quincy Patterson, the three, you know, decent enough quarterbacks, three guys who, who were the right there to start. Uh, and now word came out. I didn't see it last year, so who knows if it's BS just now that he's the starter. But there's some there's some people saying he, he was definitely going to be the starter. Uh, transfer from Oregon, you know, he wasn't going to start at Oregon, but um, I mean, that's that's no shame there, right? No. Uh, hell, of, hell of a program. So 
I have my eye on Burmeester. They lose all their rushing production. They lose all of it. Cleo Herbert's gone. Hendon Hooker's gone. Um, they need somebody to step up. And if he's what everybody's saying as maybe the second best athlete on the team, uh, yeah, I'm monitoring that guy for sure. All right. Moving on to Saturday, we have Michigan is a 17-point favorite over Western Michigan with an over and under of 68. All right, so are you playing any of your Western Michigan guys with how mediocre Michigan has been over the past couple of years? Are you trying to stay away from this? And if you can't, 68 is an awful high over and under with only a 17-point spread. So, I mean, that's an implied point total of, uh, I mean, what, that's 40 to, you know, that 40 to 20 range, right? So, um, so, so somewhere in that ballpark. So, what are your thoughts on this game? I'm actually not. Um... I, I'm just not, I find it too, I find it way too risky in a, in a week. So here's the thing with week one, right? You have so many FBS versus FCS teams yep. Yep. that you have a lot of juicy matchups and I'm as high on this Western Michigan offense as anybody. I have a lot of shares. Uh, I think I'm benching every single one. And again, I have a lot of shares right now in any leagues where it's uh where it's weekly. I, I think I went in and benched them. I guess maybe I'd play Sky more in a deeper league just because he, he has that, uh, you know, PPR league. He They're going to be playing from behind, and he's more likely to, uh, to have a safe floor. But I just don't think it's worth it. Yeah, I mean, I, I've got no problem with that. I mean, Michigan, at the end of the day, they're still Michigan. At the end of the day, it's still Western Michigan. You know, you got the cream of the crop from the area versus the leftovers from the area. And unless you're unless you're in dire need of a quarterback looking for some garbage points toward the end of the game. Now, I mean, it, it may end up being a closer game than 17. Um, you know, Michigan's not done anything to really inspire any confidence over the past several years. But again, at the end of the day, it's Western Michigan. At the end of the day, it's Michigan. And they should be able to handle their fitness. You know, at least they better or, my, or our old co-host Jesse's going to hear it from me on, uh, on Sunday. So. Next up, we got Oklahoma minus 26 and a half versus Tulane with an over and under just under 70 at 69 and a half. So, of course, you're rolling out all your Oklahoma players. Biggest thing is, what's the wide receiver shakeout going to be? There's a lot of talent on that team. Everybody is just assuming that Marvin Mims is going to be the clear cut number one, but they've got a lot of talent at the wide receiver in the wide receiver room for this team. So, What's your thoughts here? What's your thoughts with the with the with the Oklahoma wide receivers? Because there, there's a chance we we have a couple of diamonds in the rough sitting on the waiver wire right now. Yeah, I uh, I think you could take a shot this week. I do think I, I have a ticket on Oklahoma minus twenty three. I think they're just going to roll a lot of the teams on their schedule this year. Um, I think it's going to be you know they always have that one week where they they lose sure. to somebody they shouldn't do a Kansas State what have you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. And then weird things happen when they play Iowa state. But um, other than that, I think they're going to pretty much absolutely roll every team on their schedule. Um, I think if you really need a lineup filler, just choose any of those wide receivers. Again, I don't have a great read. I wish I did uh, a Theo Weiss, a Mario Williams, I think is a very, very, very impressive, impressive freshman. Um, anyone like that. Uh, Mike Woods actually would be my preferred guy. He was drafted in a decent amount of leagues, but uh, not drafted in some. I actually, I think I have him. Uh, in a decent amount of leagues. This guy was really impressive about Arkansas last year. Um, I was like, holy shit, you know, you're watching Arkansas, you just think they got Traylon Burks. And uh, no, he, he's a very good deep threat. And if you have uh, Spencer Rattler throwing you that deep ball, uh, I can't think of a better opportunity to be in. So I think Mike Woods would be my guess as finishing as their wide receiver too. Uh, I guess I would be surprised if he finished over Mims, but I wouldn't really be that shocked, right? Yeah, at this point, I, 
you know, outside of Mims, you flip, flip your coin. That's, that's, you know, I was, you know, I was talking to a buddy of mine. I'm, I'm a pretty reactive fantasy player. Uh, I really don't have the patience and the, uh, I don't know, well, I don't know what the right word is. It's definitely patience to sit down and watch all the film and, and break it down as deeply as some of the other guys do in our industry. So that's exactly why I consume their content. You know, they're, they're doing it for me. They're, they're, they're going to hit the high points and I'm going to understand what's going on with who, what players. And there's just a, I just know that that's one of the most talented wide receiver rooms in the entire country. And nobody has any idea who's really going to be that second option. You know, even, I mean, really even in the running back room, Eric Gray and, and, and Kennedy Brooks, you know, everybody's assuming that Eric Gray is going to come in and just take the line, share of the carries. But until until feet get on that grass on Saturday, we don't really have any idea. So, I mean, uh, anything on the Tulane side that you're looking at? Garbage time, anything, anything player-wise you're looking? No, I would bench him. I think this Oklahoma defense is actually good for one side. Yep. I'd bench every yep. Tulane guy I have. I agree on that as well. Next up, we got Purdue minus seven versus Oregon State. The over-under is 65. All right, so – Biggest thing here, obviously, is nobody really has a great bead on who the, the Oregon State running backs are going to be, and what the what the what the the share of the carries is going to be. So, what's your take on it so far? Because I know right here we got you know it's, it's Fenwick or or BJ Baylor. So, uh, who do you think takes over, and and uh, do you think it will be similar to what we've seen over the past couple of years? You know, with Jamar Jefferson and uh, shit, who was the guy before him? I'm gonna blank on that too. Yeah, well, it was Jamar Jefferson most recently, so. Yeah, so um, it's it's been a really profitable role, right? So um, I, I'm not 100% convinced. I'm going to be monitoring it. I think if anybody steals that job, I think it's Deshaun Fenwick, transfer from South Carolina. If anyone's going to be that workhorse role, I think he has a chance to do that. So I do have him in some leagues at the bottom of my bench. And if he shows, if he gets 20-plus carries here, you better pick his ass up right away. Um, yeah, for sure. But he's listed as or. <laughs> with B.J. Baylor. And here's the thing. I thought B.J. Baylor looked pretty good last year, um, but he had an opportunity last year to kind of be the guy. I, I know Jamar Jefferson missed at least one game last year, and B.J. Baylor was not that guy. So in my opinion, he's more of a complimentary guy. Um, that being said, while some Beaver backs have been really killing it in the RB1 role, uh, it wasn't all that long ago that even uh, Jefferson did not seal the deal, right? I think it was his sophomore year. He had a good freshman year. And then his yeah. sophomore year, he, he split carries with Artavis Pierce, who was a good one. Artavis guy. Pierce, that's his name. That's who it was. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and they're splitting carries. So I, I think they'll split carries if they don't have a total guy, and, I, and I'm not convinced. So worth monitoring if Fenwick's the guy, play him. And if not, uh, leave it alone. For sure. And so next up we have what used to be fantasy football gold with Texas Tech minus one and a half versus Houston with an over and under of 65, okay? So back in the day, especially on the Houston side of things, it, Houston was one of the one of the peaks of fantasy football, especially from a quarterback standpoint. Case Keenum rolled out of there. Um, uh, oh, who's the wide receiver for the Jets now? Oh, uh, Greg Ward. Greg Ward run through there and have a great run. Uh, De'Aaron King, same way, had a great run at Houston. But now Houston's kind of fell off a little bit, so we're looking for them to have a bounce back season. Texas Tech, a couple fantasy-relevant starters on there. So uh, so what's your take on this game here? What are you looking for? Not a whole lot. I, I think it's good, but it's not over-the-top good. Uh, I will say with these games, so anytime we have a – we're going to mention these totals that are high, and most of these are all 65 and above. Um, but the, the games that are lined closely – 
and that are that high are what you want to see, right? Because that has the best opportunity of being a shootout, being back yeah. and forth, you know, finishing in that 45 to 42 range. And yeah, while there's yeah, not maybe. And there's not one guy I totally love here, Kevin, but if you have a guy, I'd throw him in. You know, Eric Azucanma, uh, Nathaniel Dell, even a guy like Sean Carter, wide receiver on Houston. I think anybody you have here uh, is worth throwing in. Yeah, I know I've drafted Tyler. Uh, uh, I can't pronounce his last name. He's an old boy. It's Shuck. So, it makes no sense. It's like Duck, his, but Shuck. His last name is Shuck? It, it's not how it's spelled at all, but, yeah, it, it's weird. Man, that is really dumb, a way of pronouncing that. I would have, I would have absolutely – Butchered that had I tried. <laughs> it makes no sense. Yeah. Okay, well, I, well, Tyler Shuck, I'll be damned. Okay, so, I mean, I'm definitely rolling him out. You got a couple wide receivers. Uh, that's That'd be really all I'm looking at the Texas Tech side. But, again, J.D. brings up a really good point here. Uh, the, the, the high over and unders with a, with a low spread, man, that, that, is, that is a recipe for some fun fantasy football, right? Because it, it, what, what Vegas is telling me is, is that they're thinking this game is going to be around that 65-point range, that their spread is only one and a half. So, like you said, this is going to be one of those, you know, 38 to 35 type games. It should be a fun game to watch in the eyes of the betters. So, uh, something I wanted to hit on real quick on the, what we talked about in our last our last game with Oregon State, the, the, the dreaded or on the depth charts, okay? This month, uh, tomorrow when this, this show airs, there is going to be depth charts everywhere. Don't go freaking out and flipping out over the or next to your running back's name or not. You don't know what the behind the scenes conversations have been. Uh, you know, I was talking, I was listening to this on another show earlier today, this from for the, from the CFF site with Mike Bainbridge, Mike Bainbridge and uh, Joe DeSalvo. And they brought the good point. Don't, don't lose your mind over it. You know, watch how the game's played first. Cause the UAB depth chart was, was uh, Dwayne McBride or the next guy. So don't uh, don't go cutting your players just yet. So make sure everybody takes a deep breath and and, and takes a step back, especially on 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 depth chart Monday whenever they're all being released. Uh, anything else in that game, JD? Nope. All right. Next up, we got Texas A and M minus twenty nine points versus Kent State over and under sixty five and a half. Uh, JD's got it here in the notes. Absolutely benching all my Kent State guys. I don't care if you have Dustin Crum or not. Avoid it. Don't play him. And I'm really not playing anybody on Texas A&M side besides Isaiah Spiller and Anaya Smith. That's about it for me. So what about you? Yeah, I, uh, I have Dustin Crum in a, I think it's a 24-teamer. It might even be more than that. It might be 28-teamer. Uh, Two-quarterback league. And, uh, and it actually rewards rushing production a little bit more than most leagues. Uh, and yeah, I benched him in that league. I, I, they're playing Texas A&M. They're a MAC team. It's really not, uh, you don't need to overcomplicate yeah. it that much. Um, oh, and, and Weidermeyer. I forgot about Weidermeyer for Texas A&M. Yeah, I would go as far. I have some interest in some other Texas A&M guys as well. I think Haynes King, uh, he is their freshman quarterback. He's going to start. And while I think a freshman quarterback in the SEC is a dicey proposition, a freshman quarterback going against a Kent State defense that is absolutely dreadful. And this guy can fly. This guy can really, really fly. Uh, I think they're going to look to build his confidence in. I wouldn't be surprised if they leave him in a little longer, even if it's a blowout, to build up that confidence. I think Haynes King is a good spot start. All right. Next up, we have LSU minus three and a half versus UCLA, who looked great this past weekend, over and under 66 and a half. Uh, UCLA looked great. LSU is supposed to have a much stronger defense this year. You know, a lot of uh, a lot of returning talent, another year old. 
Uh, we all expected you, uh, LSU to be a little bit rough, la- rough around the edges last year. Not necessarily that rough around the edges. They had a pretty bad season, but looking to bounce back here. So, uh, so how confident are you in starting your UCLA players against LSU, even with the point total being where they're at? Yeah, not super confident. So I'll start this by saying I do think uh, I'd be surprised if they don't have rushing success here. I think UCLA is going to run for 200 yards. Now, and it could be totally wrong, but uh, we all know LSU's defense was dreadful last year. And we all know they have an excuse, right? Bo Pelini is a joke. He should have never been coaching there. Uh, they also, <laughs> I mean, he is, it is what it is. And it's he's so, gone. Hold on, hold on. It's so funny because Sam from the Breakdown Sports, our, our, our old fearless editor-in-chief, he was so excited about the Bo Pelini hiring oh, the Slack channel. He was so pumped up about bringing Bo Pelini back. You know what? Then, you know what else then, he got excited about? He got excited was, about when they when LSU uh, quote unquote hired Marcus Freeman to be their new defensive coordinator from Cincinnati. He also got excited about that. And then uh, he gets excited about anything LSU. But no, it just flashed it back. Turned out, just, turned out he got poached. Notre Dame poached him. So yeah, uh, it was just a uh, it was a major flashback right there of him being so excited about Bo Pelini, and then you just spent you know fifteen seconds totally shitting on the guy for how bad at it, at at his job that he is. Okay, go ahead, keep on going. Um, so yeah, so, so that's the thing, you know, they, it's Bo Pelini that had a lot of busted coverages with a lot of coaching. It was, you know, they played Mississippi state and instead of dropping eight, like everybody knows to do now, they just play man to man the entire game and give up a, you know, SEC record, uh, passing yards, et cetera, <laughs> to KJ Costello, who did nothing the rest of the season. Um, so there's that, there's also their, their, their cornerbacks were injured. They're supposed to have, you know, two of the top cornerbacks in the entire country, uh, Eli Ricks and, uh, Stingley. So there's also that. Um, listen, I understand. I think they're going to be much, 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 much improved this year. I actually really like LSU. The thing is, the rush defense was also bad last year. They gave up 4.9 yards per carry. That's almost five yards per toe, uh, about 170 yards per game. Uh, I don't really see how a coaching change is going to make all the difference there. I, I think the most obvious coaching thing was their, uh, you know, the busted coverages, things like that. So I, I don't think they're super great against the run. I could be totally wrong. Maybe they're totally improved. Maybe Bo Pelini's that bad. He just, he has no idea how to coach anything. Um, that being said, all that being said, Kevin, it's a long way of saying uh, I have Britton Brown everywhere and I'm still not very confident. I'm still trying to bench him if I can, given the fact that there are so many FCS games going on and given the fact that Charbonnet is a factor. So long way of saying it's still a game you want to target, but uh, I, w- I would try to target it elsewhere. So so for me, I've got a lot of Dorian Thompson Robinson shares. I've, I've, I drafted him a lot of places this year. He was – if I was going to draft up on a quarterback after uh, – I got clowned on for not liking him. It was going to be DTR, you know, in that six, seven, eight range. Um, that's I'm, I'm really I'm struggling myself with that start. You know, starting them against those two great cornerbacks. I'm with you. If somebody, if there was somebody I was going to start, it would pro- it would probably be um, uh, uh, the running backs. You know, and then hope that they can keep the game close enough to keep them keep them relevant, keep them running. So. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'll be I'll be avoiding that game if I can, no doubt about it. So next up we have, oh come on back my page, I was looking for a score somewhere and it was gone. <laughs> I got you, I got you. We got a Washington you State. Go. <laughs> I got you. We got Washington State minus sixteen and a half over Utah State. Uh, Over unders at sixty five. Um, so I'll just start it off. I'll say Trevor Harris. I was really high on this guy, especially after Renard Bell went out for the year, uh, run and shoot offense, right? They like to uh, 
they like to target one or two wide receivers. And then when that other top guy, Renard Bell, went out, that means Harris is the guy, monster in PPR. That being said, he's been banged up in practice, and I'm not really sure what the deal is. There hasn't been good reporting on it. So I'm mostly uh, just going to stay away from this game. However, I am curious to see uh, what Utah State looks like. Their offense under Blake Anderson. Uh, Blake Anderson was the coach for Arkansas State for a number of years, and they were always fantasy gold. So I am curious to see if that's going to transfer over to Utah State. Now, I, I can tell you on the Washington State, side of the ball if, if Jared Garantano is the starter coming in to this week uh I'm done with Washington State and Mike Rolovich forever I'll never I'll never draft or play anybody from their team again I will totally pretend like they do not exist uh I just that was just my Jared Garantano you know being from Tennessee and, and you know in Tennessee having to hear all the Tennessee fans love how great he is and then watch him completely fall apart for an entire season. I cannot believe he's even in the conversation for the starting job at Wazoo this year. <clears throat> All right, so moving on, we're gonna go, to, we're gonna roll into the Ole Miss game. Ole Miss minus nine and a half versus Louisville with an over under of 76, let's go. So basically you're going to play everybody. You're gonna play your, your quarterbacks, you're gonna play your wide receivers, your running backs, the room because this one looks like it's going to be a barn burner and fantastic to watch. So, J.D., what's your thoughts on this game here? Yeah, just rolling them all out. I think uh, the Ole Miss wide receiving core, right, we don't know who's going to be uh, who, who's going to be the secondary and third options. Um, but, you know, most likely behind Braylon Sanders. But even that's not guaranteed. Even that's not guaranteed he's going to be the wide receiver one. So, uh, I think if you have one, if you drafted one, like I have some Jonathan Mingo shares I do not feel great about, some Dontario Drummond shares I do not feel great about, uh, the over-under 76, if you have a, a spot on your roster, probably just uh, throw them in there. All right, so moving on. So, JDs, we're going to talk about some other guys to target this week. Uh, roll out with some guys that you're looking for to, to maybe start or maybe add to your roster this week before the game start. We don't have really any waiver wire pickups as of, as of yet, considering there's only been a handful of games. Uh, but for a guy that you're looking to spot start, you know, in, in week one, if it's something you need a little bit of help, who, who are some guys that you got? Yeah, anybody on Arizona State or playing Southern Utah, like we mentioned, one in five F FCS team just got blown out by San Jose State. Uh, we see that Arizona State is going to put the pedal to the metal if they can, uh, given the fact that they beat Arizona 70 to 7. I think that was the last game they played last year. Could be wrong on that, but one of the last games we saw them. So uh, I think uh, Diamante Trianum. The running back, he's actually no longer going by Chip Trainum. He's now a Diamante Trainum again. Um, but yeah, he's he's on the wave wire in some leagues, uh, and I, I'm a big fan of him. I think he could get a couple touchdowns in this one. Um, other than that, uh, any Tennessee running back against Bowling Green? Bowling Green is one of the worst FCS teams, and while I'm not a big uh, Tennessee fan, they still have a huge, uh, you know, just a huge. It's a huge gap. Um, Jabari Smalls, the guy I'm looking at, was not drafted in every league. I think you should pick him up and play him. Uh, definitely, like I was just mentioning, I don't, I'm not sure if I want to play Britton Brown. I would definitely play uh, Jabari, uh, Jabari Small over him. Uh, Tyon Evans, a big Juco transfer. I think he was the number two rated Juco transfer uh, at running back. I also think you could be a, a spot start there. Um, Ronald Awat for UTEP, I already mentioned. If Deion Hankins can't go, I would play him because they're going against the team Cookman. Um, at quarterback, I would say Brandon Lewis for Colorado. He's a dual threat guy. Uh, they're playing Northern Colorado FCS school, so they wouldn't be surprised if he had a big game. Uh, and last but not least, North Texas is playing an FCS school, uh, and whoever wins that job. Now, it's not sure who's going to win it, 
I really hope it's Austin Ani. This guy's like 29 years old. He's got the Brandon Whedon effect. You know, he was in the baseball. I uh, was drafted for MLB. He was doing that for a few years. Uh, I, I really hope he wins the job. Uh, but if he doesn't, I think it's Jace Reuter behind him. Uh, forgive me if I have that wrong. North Carolina transfer. But uh, the North Carolina transfer, I think his name is uh, Jace Reuter. I'd play him. All right. So for uh, so for me on the on the on the players that I'm looking to target this week, I'm not looking to really target anybody to start. I'm not. Look, I'm, I've kind of got my starting lineups from the draft set up. I'm not looking to make any, you know, spot starts during the week. But what I will do on these first weeks is I'll just pick up players. I'll pick up a couple uh, wide receivers from Oklahoma if I have room. Pick up a couple wide receivers from Clemson if I have room. You know, a couple extra wide receivers from Alabama. You know, maybe a couple running backs that the, the, the backfield is ambiguous, especially like Ohio State. If Myron Williams – Master Teague or Travion Henderson, any of the three is on the way where pick them up and put them on your bench. Because right now is the last time that you can just pick them up as free agents. Once the weeks start getting rolling now, everybody's going to get a shot at them. If you, if you, if you try, to, try to play the long game and try to look a little bit ahead down there, if you have the room, if you don't have the room, then you obviously can't do it. But if you got a couple guys that you drafted real late in drafts, you know, thinking you're just throwing a, throwing a total dart, when you drafted a month ago or two weeks ago or even last week, now's the time to say how important is he? Is he more important than the potential number two wide receiver at Alabama or the potential number two wide receiver at Clemson or Oklahoma, right? So there's a couple – it's a couple things that I do early on in the season to try to, to get in front of people, especially from a running back standpoint. You know, running backs are always – that's where the fantasy gold is at. You know, if there's guys – you know, for example, Britton Bound – Britton Brown and Zach Charbonnet. I, I would imagine Zach Charbonnet is sitting on a lot of waiver wires right now. And you know what? He may not go for 103 yards and three touchdowns. He may actually be the number two running back in that timeshare. But just in, just in case he's not, put him on your bench so you don't have to give $500 of your waiver wire money to, to back, back to the league whenever you could do it right now for free. So be proactive. Go out there and grab a couple guys that you, you you're not even interested in starting. You're just seeing how it goes. You know, Clemson running backs, Will Shipley, uh, Kobe Pace. There's a lot of – or Lynn J. Dixon. Who's going to start? I don't see any hardly any of them getting drafted anymore. You know, Will uh, Will Shipley will be drafted, but, you know, Lynn J. Dixon should be the guy to, guy to own there. But at the end of the day, you don't know – what the coaches are talking about in behind closed doors, that kind of stuff. So pick them up now so you don't have to pick them up later and fight the rest of your league mates for them. J.D., you got anything else you want to add on any of that before we go on to kind of highlighting the, the Kings Classic? No, I agree. Sounds good. All right. So we're going to we're gonna talk about the clean Kings Classic a little bit. And J.D. kind of mentioned earlier in the front of the show – uh, John Lobb, the Gridiron Scholar 91, put it on. He did a fantastic job. And, you know, just in case he is listening out there, John, we appreciate everything you do for this industry. You do a great job in, uh, in trying to bring awareness and other, uh, and other people into it. I know me personally, we've got three or four new, new people playing in, in our, our campus to campus pod league this year. So, so John, appreciate everything that you do for the industry and definitely thank you for setting up the, uh, the, the Kings classic draft with us because it looked like everybody had a great time. I was sitting at home on the computer, you know, all beat up with COVID, but uh, it looked like it was freaking awesome. And I can't wait to come to it next year. 
but the Kings Classic, it's it's 12 of us uh, across the industry, you know, the quote-unquote experts. I, I really don't like that much. To me and J.D. kind of – I'm an enthusiast. I love playing college fantasy football, but I will not claim to know any more than anybody else about any player because there's a guy – there's guys that go a lot harder and a lot deeper than I do. But uh, but what it is, is it, it, was, it was done to raise some money for the Wounded Warriors. It was uh, It was done to raise – awareness for college fantasy football which we think is the best version of fantasy sports period so this week jd's got john mckechnie which uh which is no slouch and i've got the the the, uh the the legend mike bainbridge which is also no slouch here so jd you want to kind of go over your matchup there with uh with with john real quick before i'll go over mine with uh with mike yeah my basic takeaway uh matched up with john mckechnie from uh from rotowire is that as of right now uh, he has Kobe Lewis running back for Central Michigan in his starting lineup, and uh, Kobe Lewis is out for the season. But yeah, don't if you tell win, him if you if you whisper, he won't hear it any better. <laughs> that's right, that's right. So uh, you know, if he leaves him in the starting lineup, I fancy my chances. So uh, that that's my my fingers are crossed. But but no, I'm I'm really looking forward. It's an it's an awesome league. I'm I'm looking forward to going over our matchups. How are you feeling against Bainbridge? Uh, that's what I'm pulling up right now, man. And, and and really what it boils down to me is this is going to be probably my most important overall league this year, even more important than my home leagues, that kind of stuff, because this, uh, this are, these are people that I sit at the same table with and, and talk CFF, you know, me, me beating you in CFF is, is more important than uh, me beating, you know, my best friend back home, just because I get to beat him all the time, but I don't get to, I don't get to play guys, you know, and, in all in all reality that that pay attention to it as much or more than me hardly ever right I, I kind of I pride myself in being the guy that's kind of in the know but you know guys like Mike Bainbridge they 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 they're they're animals I mean I mean they 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 have their own projections they have their own everything you know him and 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 uh, Mike DeSalvo over at the CFFs out there killing it over there they're the leader in the industry for content for 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 fantasy football purposes you know, he's loaded up at quarterback with Spencer Rattler and Bryce Young. Uh, I went more of a, a heavy running back build. So, Muhammad Ibrahim, Ronnie Rivers, Eric Gray are my three, you know, best running backs. I got Your running backs are nasty in this league, man. Yeah, I got Ibrahim, Rivers, Jarek Broussard, Eric Gray, and then, you know, a handful down on the bench. But uh, his, his wide receivers are going to be pretty stout. He's got Marvin Mims and Chris Olave. Running backs has got Kevin Marks along with well he's got Tyler Beatty and Cam Porter down there that he's not subbed out just yet but I highly doubt Mike Bainbridge will make any uh any starting lineup uh, snafus that way so I don't know I don't really know how to feel you know I drafted my team this year a little different than a lot of years you know a lot of years I I, I pretty much punted on the quarterback this year typically I'll try to get one because there's a few more rushing quarterbacks out there. But I've got some really strong running backs that as long as things kind of continue the way they did last year, they should be seeing a lot of work, you know. Uh, big play wide receivers in Roberson and Cropper. You know, if Roberson doesn't blow his knee again, then he's got the ability to go for 203 in the first half of any game. So I, so I feel pretty good about it. All, all in all, we'll see how it kind of shakes out. I know this is, uh, like like I was saying, this, is a, it's, this will be by far the most competitive league that I've played in. And uh, I'm looking forward to, 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 you know, matching my medal up with you cats out there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, only other thought I have uh, looking at my roster here is some big news. Uh, my second quarterback here, Tanner Mordecai for SMU, who I own in pretty much every single league, 
was finally announced as a starter today. So yeah, it's uh, a bummer. I've been holding Preston Stone <laughs> on the bench in a bunch of leagues, just waiting for it. Yeah, to, waiting for it to come up. <laughs> hey, sorry we, about it. We can let him. We can let him go though. We can let him go on back out to the waiver wire. Right. But uh, but yeah. So just on any closing thoughts that you got on the week. Uh oh no, excuse me. Hold on. First off, shout out to everybody that that jumped into campus to campus pod league. Uh, we, we got that draft taken care of the other night. It was another good draft. Looking forward to it. Got some newcomers, got some got some guys that have been around for a long time. So we got a nice mix of, of, of people in the league. So we're really looking forward to that. You got anything else to add to it? No, we play each other this week. So we'll have some good stuff to report this week. Oh, let's let's uh let, let's look at that while, while we're here. We're going to pull that back. I can tell up. you right now as you pull it up, I have three guys currently in my starting lineup who have the uh, dreaded red flag by their name. Mm, man. They, they're injured. So... <laughs> And they're some of my top guys. we got Drake London's been hurt in practice. Travell Harris has been out of practice. And then Tyler Batty has also been out of practice. They're all in my Man, starting lineup right now. That's tough. That's a lot of uh, that's a lot of firepower right there. So you got the starting lineups pulled up right now? Yeah. So that's what I got going on. Uh, let's see. You got Hudson Card in. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm to roll my boy Card for, for the first couple of weeks until he really shits the bed. <clears throat> I'm a, yeah, we'll see so how it does. That, that's that's another group of wide receivers that I didn't mention is the Texas wide receivers. Nobody really knows what to do with the Texas wide receiver room. If you got a spot or two to add, a, you know, an Xavier Worthy or a, or a or a Jordan Whittington or a Joshua Moore on your bench, add them because you may be pleasantly surprised. Yeah, so this campus campus league, so pretty much my main uh, gripe with a lot of my drafting this year is. Uh, I waited a little bit long in running backs for some league. You know, I liked the value I got, but sometimes I relied a little too much on value and then the guy didn't fall to me, right? Like George Lonnie was going on the eighth round of pretty much every league and I, I sniped him there. But uh, if he didn't last to me, right, I didn't like the running back. So anyway, in the campus campus league, I actually went oh, running yeah. back, running back, running back, back to back. I got Bijan Robinson, my only share of Bijan. I know, I know you were mad with me for that one. Man, that was, that was a uh, bummer. I've, so as much as, a, as big a Texas fan as I am, I have not had, any real drafts that weren't just mock drafts, just, you know, mock Mondays with, with CFF, Jared, those kind of cats, none of them. No real leagues with a top five pick to where I even had a shot at getting my boy Bijan. That is, I'm going to be bummed out all year long watching this guy score 25 touchdowns, not on any of my teams. Right. Yeah, but so, so I got him and uh, Tink Bigsby. So, yeah, my only share of Bijan. Like I said, you, you have pretty much none. I, I have one, so – I was feeling really good about that, and then uh, after that, not a lot of guys fell to me, and now now Patty's banged <laughs> up. So I'm really hoping Patty plays because looking at your team, you got Borgie, Austin Jones, uh, Ronnie Rivers, and Sincere McCormick. So yeah, I went, even with I, me spending those first two picks, I still kind of like your running backs better. So we'll see. Yeah, that that was one thing that was kind of par for the course across every draft that I did. You know, if I didn't get you know David Bell or Kayshawn Butte. I was going to essentially two running backs in the first rounds, maybe even all the first three rounds and, and going and going that route because I just I feel confident about the the wider or not the wider receiver, the running back depth that I got on my teams to where I can kind of, hey man, I can breathe a little bit. You know, I don't have to search the waiver wire frantically for running backs every week like you know NFL teams do. But yes, yeah, so, all right. So what's your prediction, man? You think you're gonna pull out a W? Uh I will say, looking at your squad, you do have, I think, tougher the matchups than me. Like, I will say, I like I said, play I really, Oregon. you got to play Oregon. You got two guys, Hainer and Rivers against Oregon. And, uh, I mean, you know, some L- Dulcich. Some LSU matchups. 
LSU, I mean, it's it's all right. I mean, you got some okay matchups, but some of your top guys, even Sincere McCormick, you know, he's probably playable in any matchup. But Illinois' front seven actually looked kind of good, uh, which was surprising. So I think I like my matchups more, like Bigsby plays Akron. Uh, Mordecai's got a cupcake. Brendan Armstrong has a cupcake. I think if London and Batty and Harris actually play, yeah, I really look, like my matchups more. But if they don't play, i look good. Your matchups – <laughs> All right, folks. Well, that's going to do it for us. And, uh, J.D., you got anything else to add in? No, we'll, we'll keep building this up. Uh, again, thanks for sticking with us. You know, if it sounded a little rough, uh, hopefully it didn't, but I, I think everything worked out. But this is our, our first pod taking it solo. Uh, and, again, we're really excited to do it. I'll, I'll have my DFS video out next week uh, – or, sorry, later this week. And other than that, uh, just thanks to everybody who's listening. You know, thanks for following us along on this ride. Yeah, we appreciate it for sure. And again, bear with us. If you if you guys see any issues at all that we missed uh, before uh, after it gets published, shoot me a DM on Twitter at K Hookem. Shoot JD a Twitter at Yonkers CFB. Uh, yeah, any anytime you guys have any suggestions or any anything you want to hear about, let us know. And when uh, with that all being said, we'll see you guys next week. Deuces.